Hi, I'm Divine Grace Pushka, and you're listening to Divine Talks. We all embark on this spiritual and healing journey at one point or another on our way to a grand transformation. And truthfully, although our journeys look different from one another, we're all learning similar lessons and hoping to arrive at similar destinations. As we go through life, we are continuously stepping onto this journey, continuously healing, evolving, and becoming better with each experience and with each quest. Here, I offer a sacred space filled with heart-led conversations about our spiritual and healing journey, along with stories of spiritual triumph. Tune in to channeled messages from spirit and beloveds from the higher realms and receive a vibrational attunement for your day. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the next episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Divine Talks. I'm your host, Divine Grace Bushka. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are at week three, episode three of the three-part series where I go through the first three chapters of my book, A Little Bit of Grace. This is one of my favorite stories in the book, the story about the passport fiasco and how I used my intuition and my connection with my spirit guides following through with their guidance um, as I adventured <laughs> through this this whole journey and in the end um we haven't gotten there yet but in the end um it shows that a lot of a lot of this is real we just need to follow through we just need to trust surrender and follow through just because we trust and surrender there is still work that needs to be done and for those who had listened to the last episode where we um, went through the passport agency and, um, and basically looked at all the different strategies to get me on the ship or to get me to my destination, there was a lot of work there. And so, yes, I trusted and I surrendered, but I was also still doing the work on the physical, like, real life level right it wasn't just like abracadabra poof i trust in spirit and all my dreams are going to come true all my wishes are going to come true no there is always still work on our end to do that is one healing work you know working on our belief systems working on our mindsets um the mind is an important um, part of the equation here too. It's, it's an important part of this whole thing. When we have a certain mindset, right, that'll either help us push through and achieve whatever it is that we're trying to achieve, or that'll hold us back and continue to just feel stuck or go towards a different direction that doesn't honor us. So mindset is really important. So there's a work on that as well. Mental house cleaning, emotional house cleaning, beliefs of ours, healing, old wounds, old hurt, old pain, all of that. And then a lot of that afterwards, well, when you do that, of course, you have information, you have feedback. Now that you know what you know, what are you going to do about it? And that's the application part. That's the part where you actually do the work. There's actions that need to be taken. There's changes that need to take place. So again, in the last episode, we talked about 
the part i read the part where you know i'm in the passport agency and i call my friend carlos and we take a look at all the different strategies and i'm just you know pushing through and um checking off things and um and and basically you know following the breadcrumbs of spirit and doing what i needed to do in the physical world whether it was to you know make an appointment with the passport agency the next day whether it was to leave breakfast early and zip back over to the passport agency so that they can actually print out my passport on time and that's also what we talked about last week how this part is usually the hardest part right after you know we receive the vision we receive the messages we receive the instructions we receive the intuitive hits what are you going to do about it are you actually going to do something about it the doing part is actually sometimes it's it's hard because that's although it's doing right you're actually this is where you're testing your faith this is where you're testing you know trust in the instructions that you just received from spirit the instructions that you just got from your intuition and so we are going to go through <laughs> chapter three this week i'm going to read through it and want to talk about it a little bit um and see where or how i should say how this story ends i guess where is appropriate to where this story ends do i make it to cabo san lucas or you know, am I stuck somewhere else? Or, you know, do I just not leave San Diego? So let's go ahead and start with chapter three. When we arrived home, the shuttle was waiting in the driveway. I only had time to run upstairs to grab my wedding dress. Yep, a close call. But it was like the winning basket shot or the Hail Mary out of nowhere at the last second. It still counted. And it won the game. I had received messages from friends and family urging me not to try to get to Cabo because crossing the border into Tijuana at that time was thought to be dangerous. They suggested I waited for my party to get home and have the wedding there instead. Also, without proper identification, they were afraid that I would get stuck somewhere and not make it to Cabo or back across the border. Their fears were valid. But I knew better than to give in to those fears and doubts. On our way across the border to Tijuana Airport, I beamed. I was feeling so happy and excited. I had not communicated with anyone on the ship since the night before. So at this point, they had no idea what was happening. I'm pretty sure their assumption by then was that there wasn't going to be a wedding. And the best thing to do was continue enjoying their vacation. I didn't blame them. I probably would have thought the same. But fortunately, it wasn't going to turn out that way. I was going to make it happen. There would be a wedding. As I rushed into the airport, I spotted Carlos and his family. I wish I'd had my camera to capture the look on his face. At first, almost as if he had seen a ghost, he wore a bewildered expression, completely surprised. And then that look transformed to an expression of joy, all smiles and laughter, the kind when you're so happy that a smile just doesn't do it. So then your body creates laughter too. 
Dude, you made it. Wow, you really made it. I can't believe it, but that's awesome, dude. That's awesome. Let's get to Cabo. It turned out that Carlos had only hyped up the options to make me believe that it would work out. Although he had felt a little doubtful himself, the faith he had shown had in turn reassured me, which had set the mindset of success, giving me faith and allowed me to trust that I would succeed. This helped me shift the energy in the beginning, thus creating ultimate victory. There had been no other way for me but to turn inward and hold on to faith. That was the way. And because I believed in it with complete and utter knowing, it worked and fulfilled the intention I had set forth. Match the vibration of that which you want to manifest. Shift the energy and heighten the frequencies by shifting your mindset and taking on a new perspective. No matter what, I would make my wedding happen. I matched the energy of love and there it was happening before my eyes. As the plane took off, I rested easy. Thank you, spirit. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I felt divinely guided and all was well. Finally, getting to Cabo, we parted ways with Carlos and his family while thanking him a million times over. As we walked out of the airport, we decided to buy a couple cervezas at the beverage stand planted outside the airport. It was the best damn Pacifico I had ever tasted. Cold, refreshing, and quite the reward after a long day of battling the rulers of fate, which I realized by then was actually my own god self. After sipping on our frosty beers, Kayla and I walked off not really knowing where we were walking off to and realized that in the midst of the passport fiasco, we had forgotten to make sure we had a place to stay for the night. Since we had flown in a day before the cruise ship would dock, our accommodations at the resort weren't until the next evening. I knew the wedding resort was completely booked and any suddenly available rooms would have cost much more than my budget would have tolerated. There was also a political event going on in Cabo that particular week. Therefore, most hotels were fully booked. However, I remembered our wedding coordinator mentioning a couple weeks ago that the sister hotel next door might have availability when I had asked her about rooms for a few wedding guests flying in. Chances were slim, but it was worth a try. As we got to the hotel, I remember praying, Spirit, please, please be here with me. Let them have available rooms that we could stay in for the night. God in me, see that this is fulfilled. I walked up to the front desk, and just as I'd fear, the concierge told us that no rooms were available, apart from those excessively priced. All we need is room for the night, I said. I found myself speaking my truth again from my heart to hers, sharing my story as to how I had gotten there and why. I lifted my hand to show her my wedding dress. Apart from this, all I have is my purse. I gave her the kind of smile that said, look, lady, this is all I got. And I'm praying for rain here and what seems like a drought because I've got nothing, nothing else. She smiled back, verifying that she understood me and motioned me to wait a bit. 
As she walked away to talk to her manager, I continued to pray, please, please, love, love, be here now. She returned, all smiles, a positive sign (laughs) there would be something good for us. Lo and behold, there was one available room for the evening that she could give us for a small fee, but it only had partial ocean views and a queen bed. Wow, that's more than perfect. We'll take it, I said immediately. When you're given an opportunity or gift from the universe, you say yes to it right away. As soon as you hesitate and think about it, it's no longer yours. This room was offered, so I dared not close the doors of chance. Given the price of the room, I assumed it would be basic in quality, but it, but I figured it would do for the evening. Unlocking the door, we took a couple steps inside. Oh my God. It was a spectacular suite with two queen beds, a lounge and balcony that had full-on ocean views. No wonder she'd been smiling and chuckling. She had just hooked it up. I was in deep gratitude and excitement that night, knowing that tomorrow I'd be able to finally get on the ship. The next morning, we found our way to the dock and enjoyed a simple breakfast by the water as we waited for the cruise ship to allow people on and off. The sun was high in the sky and shone perfectly, revealing the hustling life of the popular vacation spot. We watched the locals prepare themselves to welcome and entertain the crowds that would soon fill every pocket of the harbor. When it was finally time, we walked over. Hi, I, I called the cruise line yesterday to let them know I'd be getting on the ship here in Cabo, I said. They verified the information and gave me a thumbs up. But we cannot permit your friend to go aboard. According to the paperwork, it says that she got on in San Diego. I checked in at the San Diego port, Kayla said. But then when Devine had this problem, I, I said I'd stay with her. I'm sorry, but there's no indication that you didn't board the ship. We just forgot to tell them, I said. But she can show you her passport and you'll see that it's her. Rules. You can, you can go aboard, verify the situation with the staff, and they have to give us the green light to let her on. So there I was at the very end. And although I'd had a companion the whole time, someone to comfort me when I'd allowed fear in my head and my heart, someone who cheered me on and strengthened my faith throughout the journey, who'd never left my side, I was being made to complete the journey on my own. I looked up at spirit and nodded, thinking, of course, you're making me go about this last stretch alone. I don't know whether to thank you or shake my head at you right now, universe. It felt like one of those love taps. Although annoying, it was filled with love and a potentially great realization regarding my journey and myself. It would no doubt empower me with the sweet reminder that our paths may be filled with people who accompany us, but in the end, it's up to us to walk across that finish line alone. As I sat in a small boat en route to the ship, 
I couldn't help but tear up. Overwhelmed with emotions of love and elation, in concluding my journey, I was almost in denial of the fact that I'd made this happen. I felt like I'd performed magic. My body was physically reacting to this by crying happy tears, which isn't something it does very often. I'm pretty sure the driver of the boat and the guy next to him felt awkward, but thank you guys for being present and allowing me to indulge in that moment of pure joy. Mind you, no one on the ship nor back home had any idea that I had arrived, and to top it off, my cell phone had no service, so I couldn't get in contact with anyone on the ship or back home. Regardless, I needed to find my groom, our son, and the rest of our wedding party among the thousands of individuals on board. First, I walked over to the front desk to take care of the Kayla situation. Next, I asked them to call the rooms at my wedding party. None of them answered. The only thing to do was explore the ship and hopefully find someone, anyone familiar. Ironically, as I stepped away from the front desk about to start my search, I spotted my cousin, Missy, and our friend, Tina, walking through the lobby. Their surprise expressions were amusing to see. After a quick summary of how I'd gotten on the ship, they told me to head to the cafeteria on the ninth level, where everyone was having breakfast. Missy and Tina walked towards a set of elevators on the side. For some reason, though, a particular elevator on the opposite wall was calling to me. After listening to my intuition this whole time, and having been led correctly, I needed to follow this strong pull once more. We walked over to the other set of elevators and took one of those instead. Reaching the ninth level of this gigantic floating city, I calmly exited the elevator. Intuitively, I felt... I should take a couple steps to the right. And hurrah! Across from me, from the very point where I stood, was my groom and the rest of my party eating breakfast. Paul stood up, looking utterly disappointed. His father had just told him that he didn't think the wedding was going to go through. And as he rose from his seat, he looked up and her eyes connected. Disappointment dissipated, replaced by a look of complete surprise and awe. As it sank in that it was really me, I could feel the energy of joy take over his being. When everyone else also realized that it was me, physically on the ship, they couldn't believe it. My whole party was in complete shock that I had been able to make it happen. After hugs and tears of joy overfilled our space, we rightfully announced that, yes, indeed, there would be a wedding. The following day, we were joined together in matrimony, just as I had imagined. The beautiful turquoise blue ocean in the background, the sun beaming with warmth and luster in a cloudless azure sky, and the sandy isle that I finally walked down to say, I do. It was all that I had imagined, but more perfect because it was real and no longer a vision I had held in my mind for so long. Our son got to be our ring bearer. 
We sealed it with a kiss and celebrated our great feat throughout the day and on the ship cruising back home. Spirit was right. I would go through a lot and have many challenges, but in the end, I got on the ship. Okay, so that was the end of chapter three. So yes, I did get on the ship. Hurrah! However, there was still a couple twists there. There were still a couple obstacles there, challenges that, that continue to test me. Am I going to continue to, one, trust, have faith, and surrender? Two, am I going to continue to speak my truth and share, you know, what it is that I stand for with, with anyone that I come across? And three, am I able to continue to follow through? However different the settings change throughout the story. Yes, I was able to tell the person at the passport agency my truth, and that helped me, right? But now I was in a different country, and there was a language barrier, and I wasn't sure if it was going to go the same way because, you know, this isn't a passport agency anymore. This is a hotel where I'm asking to stay for just one night if they could just find me a room for just one night. Or even at the dock where, you know, they wouldn't let my friend Kayla on the ship. And so therefore, I just needed to go and, um, and finish, you know, the story on my own. I needed to get to the ship and find my family. Nobody knew that I was there. And this was a large ship of thousands of people. I wasn't in communication with any of them because my phone wasn't working. So again, you know, even at the time where I had found my cousin, Missy and her friend Tina, you know, choosing elevators, they had chosen a certain set of elevators. But again, my, my intuition was leading me to a different set of elevators. I once again had an intuitive hit. And even though everything was seemingly fine already, I, I was at the end, right? I was at the finish line. Was I going to continue to listen to my intuition? And as simple as that, it wasn't like this big decision. It was elevators, set of elevators. However, if I had chosen the other set of elevators, when that door opened, I wouldn't have spotted my groom and my family right away. I probably would have taken more time to look for them in that big ship, even on that certain level. And so who knows if I had been, you know, two minutes behind or five minutes behind one minute behind, they probably would have left that level and, you know, gone down to different levels and I wouldn't have found them for hours later or something. My point is the following through, even though when you're like, ah, oh, I'm winning, I'm here, I'm done. The following through still stands. You are going to continue to get intuitive hits, even if they're not for big decisions or big choices. They could be mindless decisions, mindless things. What am I going to wear today? What shoe am I going to wear today? What, you know, what color am I going to wear today? Am I going to put my hair up today? Am I putting, putting it down? What am I going to eat for lunch or for dinner? I know these are like mindless things. Like, really? You use your intuition for this? Yeah, I do. I use my intuition to listen to my body, 
to let me know what it needs because I know that my body tells me, you know, what it's lacking sometimes. Now, I still believe in science and medicine and all that. I think it's a balance between all of these worlds. And there's more than just two. There's a few of them. So following through is still really important all throughout the way. Even if you feel like you're at the end and you've won, right? Always follow through with your intuitive hits, with the guidance that you receive randomly even from spirit guides, from universal source energy, God, universe, whatever, whatever word you use. But you always want to follow through because there's always a reason why you're receiving these messages. There's always a reason why you're receiving these instructions, these intuitive hits, these visions. The other thing that I wanted to talk about was that at the end of the story, it was a little bit ironic, right? That I had Kayla accompanying me all throughout the way, all throughout the journey, right? That is why she stayed. However, at the very end, I had to go to the ship by myself. I had to finish the journey. I had to finish the whole story, right? The adventure on my own. And this is usually what happens. We do the work and people may come in and support us and guide us and help us throughout the way, cheer us on throughout the way. But at the finish line, it's up to you to cross it. Nobody else can cross it for you. Nobody else can finish that for you. You have to do it. People will come and support you until that very end, but you still you still have to do it yourself. Sometimes it's frustrating. Sometimes it's scary. But I promise you that in the end, once you've stepped through that finish line, You've arrived at that destination. You arrived at that desired point. I promise you that it's all worth it. It's so, so worth it. And not only that, but now you've created a reference point for you to look back to. That whenever you have any doubts about yourself, any insecurities come up, and certain limiting beliefs telling you that you're not capable and you're not worthy, you, have, you now have this reference point that you can go back to and go, no, I did it before. And because I did it before, I'm able to do it again. Because that's just how we're built. It's like if you've ever driven someone home, right? And you've never been to their home and they're telling you, oh, make a right here, make a left here. You're not really paying attention to like the street signs, the street names, right? You're just following, you know, what they're telling you to do make a right here, make a left there, go straight, you know, turn around, whatever, right? Now, the second time around, you'll actually know how to get back to their house without any directions, right? Or you'll have some sort of idea. You still won't know what the street names are. You still know, won't know the details the, of the direction, right? Um, the instructions of getting there. But you will have almost like this like cellular memory of how to do it again, how to get back there. So it's the same way. We are creating reference points throughout our life. And so it just builds up. 
And this is why you see successful people become more and more and more successful. They just continue to build up from their successes because now they have reference points. They know that they're able to do that. They know that they're able to accomplish certain feats. And because of that, the limiting beliefs, the, you know, the, the, the voice that tells us that we can't do anything, that we're not worthy enough, that we're not good enough, it starts to become quieter and quieter. And we don't know this, but this whole process, right? There's also a lot of healing that's taking place underneath everything. Why? Because we're unlearning those beliefs and that old programming. In a way, we are indirectly healing ourselves as well as we continue to follow through and achieve the goals that we've set for ourselves. I tell my students all the time, my clients, healing and creating go hand in hand. The more that we heal, the more that we can create better and bigger things. The more that we heal ourselves, the more that we can create a better reality for us. And as we continue to go through this process and create more and more and more, create new realities, create new things for us, right? We're also still healing. And we are stepping into new settings in our lives, new chapters in our lives where different things may be triggered, different wounds now, or different parts, I should say, different aspects of wounds are triggered due to the different variables now in this new setting that we're in. And so therefore, you know, this gives us another opportunity to heal even more and to heal that different aspect of the wound. And because we're healing again, we create more the opportunity. We open up that door of creation even more. Healing and creating go hand in hand together. The more that you heal, the more that you can create. And the more that you create, the more opportunity for healing as well. And the healing gets better as well. The healing gets better as you mature, as you grow. So anyway, always follow through with your intuitive hits. Whether they are small, simple things, right? Intuitive hits like, oh, I should wear blue today. Or I should go visit, you know, the beach today, just at least for five minutes or whatever, right? I should go do this today. I should eat this today or whatever, right? These are small, mindless things, right? Follow them anyway, whether they're small or big, follow through with your intuitive hits. Also, this builds on your faith. This builds on your trust. And two, this also, like I said, gives you reference points because now you can go back and go, well, I follow that intuitive hit and it got me that. That was pretty cool. Let me do that again. Oh, this is actually really cool. And then you build up on that. Let me do this more often. And the more that you do this, guess what? You're strengthening your intuition. You're strengthening that voice. You're making that voice even clearer. So it benefits you in so many ways. But yes, in the end, because although we're all in this together, supporting one another, helping one another, loving and healing one another, in the end, 
just like when we leave this physical life, it's us who take that final breath and transition over. It's not the people who are holding our hands, helping us through our transition, right? When we're on our deathbed, we're the ones taking that final breath. So even though we have companions throughout, because yes, we have each other through all of this journey, right? But in the end, it's still up to us to do the work and to cross that finish line, to transition over. So I hope that you all enjoyed this story. This is, like I said earlier, this is one of my favorite stories in the book. Because not only was it obvious to me that this was actually taking place and I was following through with instructions, big instructions from spirit, but there was a huge group of people that was watching along the way. They were watching me receive these messages, these instructions. They were watching me follow through with them. And it was scary for them because, you know, they... They didn't know what was going on behind the scenes, but they knew that, you know, I was going to go and have faith and just go along. And so it was really nice that in the end, it wasn't just me who was able to celebrate, you know, all of that, but it was also, you know, my groom and my family and my friends. It was one of those obvious miracles, right? Those things that people can't really deny because <laughs> it just sounds so impossible. So these are one of the things that I will be teaching in my journey of the self-master class. This is starting at the end of this month. And so registration will start in a couple weeks here. And so if you are interested, I will be including the link to the waitlist for the class. And you can just sign up there to get on the waitlist. I will have several events, live free live events that I'll be doing prior to, you know, registration opening and class starting that talks a little bit more about the class. And so for those people that are really interested, get on the waitlist because that's where I'll be sending a lot of my emails as well. Other than that, I hope that you all have enjoyed this story and this episode. I will speak to you all soon. Have a wonderful rest of your week and I will speak to you all next week. Bye. Hi there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Divine Talks. If what you heard resonated with you, I invite you to follow me on Instagram at Divine Grace Today. And if you want to learn more about what I do and what I offer, I'm a healer, intuitive, trans medium, and channel. And I offer one-on-one -on -one sessions, classes, and events. You can check all of these out on my website, divinegracetoday.com, for more information. See you all next episode.